the complacency kills. I think if I could impart that sort of share that nugget of wisdom to, to anyone who's a business owner that's thinking about it, that's listening, never resting on your laurels. And I think it means looking at every aspect of your business. Welcome to The Financial Commute, a weekly podcast that gives you the rundown on what's going on in the current market, how it affects you, and what you can do about it, all designed to fit into your commute. I'm your host, Chris Galeski, and each week I share the table with a knowledgeable guest, including Morton Wealth Advisors, fund managers, and investment analysts, to break down complex financial topics. Our goal is to provide you with the tools necessary to help you navigate this challenging environment, leading to a path of more confident investing. Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us for another episode of The Financial Commute. I'm your host, Chris Galeski, joined by Senior Vice President and Partner, Joe C2. Hey, Chris. Joe, thanks for joining us. Absolutely. It's great to be here with you. You know, um, having you on because you've got a lot of experience in terms of working with business owners. You've yeah. got this whole offering designed to help um, business owners maximize the, the the value of their company and the exits called The Strategist here at Morton. Yep. You also have a podcast called The Ripcord Moment that focuses on talking to business owners and their experiences as they kind of pull that cord and yep. they exit their business. So that way you can help others get the most you know, out of their businesses that they have. So thank you for joining us. I'm excited, Chris. Thanks for having me on. When you think of all of the conversations that you've had and the people you've talked to and network with, what are, what are the top three or four things that come to mind that can help business owners maximize the value of their business? Well, I think the first is really understanding that the business itself as it grows, is it a lifestyle business or is it one that is going to have transferable enterprise value? Right. And so typically those that are not centered on the on the business owner themselves. And by the way, many businesses that ultimately go on for a sale start off, you know, by definition as a lifestyle business where the owner is growing. They're making good money. It's providing, by definition, a good lifestyle for them. Uh, but in, inevitably, the, the struggle with that is that they have to be there in order for it to work. Yeah, so that's the, that's the key, right? Exactly. I mean, if you what people are looking for is if if a if a business needs that owner to operate and run, it's probably not worth as much money as a business where the owner is like on a boat in Cabo, yeah. and it's running just fine. Well, sure, because it comes down to the the predictability, the certainty of the earnings that it's at its own independent you know, functioning entity as that business that, again, is not dependent on the owner being there day to day. And so if you're an outside buyer coming in to look to acquire that asset, if it's dependent on one key person, that key man risk, there's a tremendous amount of risk in it for the acquiring uh, from the buyer's perspective. Okay, so that's one aspect. I mean, you first have to understand, is it a lifestyle business or is there actual value that's transferable? Correct. And then from there, like, what are a few things that people should do Whether they look under the hood at their business to say, hey, these are some things that I should focus on yeah. now that I know that I'm going from a lifestyle business to an enterprise you know, business. What are some things I should focus on to maximize so, that? So I think the two biggest things in that transition you have to think about one is, and it's one we've even employed here, is the owner has to get their vision out of their head and get it documented and down so that the rest of the team, there's buy-in and that everyone understands where this company is headed. And we call that the vivid vision, right? Yeah. And so it's a phenomenal book by uh, the author, I believe is Cameron Harold. I've actually recommended this. I bought this book and handed it to other uh, CEOs. 
And when you actually go through the process of writing it down, they said it's been transformational. And so what that does is it really allows for everybody in the company to get that vision of where the company's going and really have a crystal clear you know, point of view of what that North Star is. So I think that's, that's mission critical and it's not an easy process to go through, but that's something that owners need to think about doing. The second then is the processes you start to develop around what we call the tribal knowledge that the owner typically has in their head and maybe even some of the other key professionals, you're getting that out and getting that documented into strategic processes uh, that others can learn from that can be sort of the infrastructure, the skeleton of the business uh, on which the sales and the marketing and, and other and other ancillary processes are built on and products are built on. So in many ways, by doing that, you're starting to take allow the, the business not to be dependent so much on the owner, but that the business processes are what's driving uh, driving the delivery of the services and the growth. Right. Driving success. So, yeah. you know, making sure that, again, just to rephrase it or, or you know, put it put it in a different order making sure that the entire company knows what the vision is for the firm mm-hmm. and where we're all trying to go. Absolutely. Having the right processes and procedures <laughs> in place that are documented so that way, you know, new employees can come in and follow those and help drive the business forward. And then also, you know, just the business owner being honest with where they are in their stage of their business, whether it's it's a lifestyle business or enterprise, has actual enterprise value that, that can be sold. Absolutely. Yeah. You, you phrase that well. You know, um, another thing that comes up from time to time is concentration risk of your clients. clients. Right. Sure. So how much revenue is coming from one particular company or sector? Um, how do how do how do business owners go about diversifying that? Yeah, that's obviously, uh, you, you know, everyone loves to get the big client, the big revenue stream, the whale hunting, so to speak, the 800 pound gorilla. But what you ultimately find is that over time that creates that can be very problematic, right, for a number of reasons. If that client leaves, yeah. the business suffers. In fact, I was working with a business owner last year and that was exactly the case. Uh, it really upended their business model. Um, so over time, obviously, the, the, the key is, and again, if you're thinking about it from an outside buyer's perspective, the, the certainty of the earnings that, you know, that are hitting the bottom line, if you have too much concentration, right, you're putting all your eggs in one basket, uh, which is exactly what we say you don't do here in right. wealth management, we're doing sure. financial planning, you've got to be cognizant of that risk. And there's really, you know, the only ways of, of getting around that are being thoughtful about how to acquire additional clients uh, in that particular service, or if you're looking perhaps at going into new markets and adding additional services uh, or, or additional markets, you're able to bring in revenue that way. Yeah, thanks, Joe. Um, what do you like most about working with business owners? I think, so when I think about it sort of philosophically, uh, you know, to me, it's the ultimate, they are, they are the people who, A, drive the economy. They naturally are the ones who are saying, I'm going to take ownership for my future, good, bad, or indifferent. And they're willing to put themselves out, selves out there. And I think, you know, one of the things that I admire about that is that entrepreneurial aspect of like, I'm, I'm willing to put myself out there. I'm yeah. going to be me and uh, I'm, I'm going to take ownership for that. Yeah. And it's just, I think it's admirable. I, I agree with you. I, I came across this Netflix show. I, I don't even remember the name of it, but you know, my wife's a very organized person. Her yes, favorite store, yeah, her, her favorite store is the Container Store. And I'm scrolling through Netflix, and I come across this show. There's two women that their sole job is to go into people's homes and like organize it, sure. and they do a phenomenal job. And I thought to myself, I go, that that really is what drives America. It's these people that say, you know mm-hmm. what? I'm pass- 
passionate about this. I know how to do it better than anybody else. And I'm going to find people to pay me to come into their house sure. and to organize it for them. And, and it was just, it, it was really cool. So, so I agree with, with those words though. Yeah. Um, when you think about the, the, the world that we're in today, we have some banking crisis that's going on. Businesses have had to reevaluate their banking relationships. Yeah. How should businesses protect something that they probably don't often think about what they need to protect, which is their cash um, in, in this environment? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a great point. And I'll, I'll take just a higher level step back and talk sort of about the businesses in general. I mean, I think risk management has got to be first and foremost on everyone's minds, not least of which is that we're continually having these sort of black swan events that are hitting us out of nowhere, you know, COVID and now, you know, the, the banking crisis. And so, you know, I go back to, I think it was my football coach that said complacency kills. And it's something that has stuck in my head. And I think if I could impart that sort of share that nugget of wisdom to, to anyone who's a business owner that's thinking about, that's listening, never resting on your laurels. And I think it means looking at every aspect of your business, yeah. right? Because information's flowing quicker. It can upend any business any day of the week. And mm -hmm. I think that's a different dynamic than we faced, you know, 20, 30 years ago, because the speed at which things move today yeah. is, is dramatically different. But to your specific question, uh, one is making sure you have a really good relationship with your banker, especially if you're dealing with the smaller, more regional community banks, business banks oftentimes that are typically doing 78% of the business loans in this country tend to be uh, sort of the smaller regional banks. So that personal relationship, I think, is critical. Um, you know, obviously, there's the insured cash sweep feature, the ICS acronym that we're hearing about in the CEDARS program. Uh, those are various um, programs that are set up at banks that allow for uh, businesses and, and individuals to participate in these programs where, let's just say, they have a million dollars, well over the FDIC limit, uh, that that cash is then being swept into other banks at amounts below the minimum so that you're you're making sure all of your cash is insured. And what's nice about this is you're getting one statement, it's very transparent uh, and allows you a great degree of, of certainty. Yeah. The other thing that I would mention is that get those pieces, uh, th those extra safety nets in place ahead of time. So uh, maybe have a, another banking relationship. You know, one of the things we're doing at Morton is we're using Schwab, right, which is our custodian to do active cash management through T-bills. Mm -hmm. So that's another way to have access to cash that's earning something. Uh, maybe setting up your margin lines uh, or lines of credit with the bank ahead of time so you've got access to cash. And then the last thing I would say is that as it relates to even just cash management, cash flow management, is look at can you negotiate better terms with uh, maybe with your vendors on your payables, uh, where if you're on a, a, a schedule where you're paying every 30 days, maybe you can extend that to 35 days, 40 days without damaging the relationship, but you're buying yourself just that little extra bit of a wiggle room. Yeah, Joe, thank you. Um, I was talking with you know, a partner of ours in a separate business from Morton um, about how he was navigating this, this banking relationships. And it was amazing. He said, because because he has longstanding relationships and he spent a long time working for Wells Fargo, um, he was able to call <clears throat> one of his former colleagues and get a business account opened up with, uh, within just a few days, That's which is normally unheard of, right. right? And so it's important that they do have, that, that you do have good relationships with banks as your business and then paying attention to different margin lines, FDIC insurance, or leveraging this ICS insured cash sweep so that way you can protect yourself well, well above a million. I think those are great points. Um, 
Joe, thank you so much for joining us. I look forward to tuning in to the Ripcord moment and uh, the strategist offering and helping business owners maximize the value of their business. Thank Chris, you so much. Thank you, Chris. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. And we hope this episode has provided you with a roadmap to feel more confident as an investor. To receive notifications for our weekly episodes, email financialcommute at mortonwealth.com. Until next week.